The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. tough one to take. Uh, welcome back. Uh, here we are again on the Full Toss podcast from Chester Bolton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law and together with uh, Lee Dixon we'll look back at uh, an indifferent weekend I think to say the least. Wins for the twos, the fours and for our ladies. Uh, I'm afraid the first 11 went down badly on Saturday against Nantwich and uh, crashed out of the Cheshire Cup on Sunday away at Ellsworth. Still, we live to fight another day, just I think, with two weeks to go. So your Full Toss podcast will be talking through those games, those results, with a few of the contributors. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the Full Toss. So, welcome to the podcast. Do you know, it's difficult to remember a year, this time of year certainly, when we've looked uh, at the remaining fixtures of the season and thought, there's not a huge amount to play for, but uh, with uh, due respect to the fourth team who are top of the table, uh, I think uh, everything else is just kind of winding its way to the end of what is, I suppose, an extraordinary season. Anyway, we'll talk through the games from the weekend. Uh, We'll also, uh, of course, tell you about the Changing Home Player of the weekend. Uh, We'll touch too on the Lancashire Twos visit. Uh, They were here last week and in fact they're coming back, so more of that in a little while. Plus, of course, what's on and perhaps being a little light-hearted in these times, uh, we've got a drinking 11 for you from (laughs) Chester Borton Hall. That's how it goes. The Full Toss Podcast. Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall. So, uh, Lee Dixon slumped in the corner, mate. Uh, You're still smiling though, aren't you? Yeah, always smiling. And the fact that we're probably not starting to talk with the first team is probably a a reason for me to have a bit of a grin. (laughs) I I know how you dwell on your cricket, you think cricket, you eat cricket, you breathe cricket and everything else. So it's been a, a, a difficult few days, but we, 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 we'll come on the first. Um, we know there's lots going on around the club. So do you want to kick off with the fours? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Now, obviously, the fourth team at the moment, uh, the, the beacon of light uh, around the club at the moment, they've been uh, the model of consistency led by Ian Thistlewood uh, this year um, and been extremely dom- dominant in their division. Um, and that was certainly the case again at the weekend. Uh, they brushed aside Burton uh, after bowling them out for 128. Uh, the wickets shared around. Dave Henson again, three for 12. Uh, Marius Mozart, two wickets. Chris Bell with two wickets. And then Alex Cotton, great to see him in the wickets, uh, Jim. He's had a bit of a lean patch this yeah, season, yeah. but three for 18 for Alex Cotton, which I'm sure will delight the captain, who's a, who's a massive fan of Alex's work. In response, uh, Borton all fought, uh, knocked the runs off, four down. Star of the show was the returning Matt Hodges, uh, a fine player and uh, obviously been busy with work during these COVID times in the bowling alley in Manchester, but he was on top form and struck us home. And they're top of the league, Lee. They are, they are top of the league. And, you know, what I would say is, is that 
you know, beating Burton this week puts a little bit of daylight between uh, them and Crystleton in second place. Now 18 points and Burton themselves are now 35 back. They travelled to Wirral uh, away this week, which is obviously just down the motorway. Uh, Wirral have only won the one game this year. So I do fancy Ian's uh, team to go there and continue their unbeaten record. But uh, as we found out in recent weeks, cricket is uncertain and uh, they're going to have to be on top of the game to continue this fine run. Quite right. Well, they are on the road and we wish Ian Thistley uh, the very best. Okay, so that's the fourths taken care of. Let's now catch up with the thirds in the company of Simon Law, the seconds with Tommy Evans, and the ladies with Nicole Fisher. Okay, so with Tommy Evans going up to the second team, George Metcalf captained the thirds and they went off to Maritime. Simon Law, what's the story? Well, we went off to the People's Republic of Birkenhead where we faced a maritime team on a very testing um, cow field, should I say, um, with extremely long grass in the outfield, um, and a, a wicket which wasn't too bad, but it obviously had the full force of the weather. Um, we were we won the toss and decided to have a bowl, um, where wickets were spread around, and we restricted them to 145 off 40 overs, which did seem like a good score at the time and proved to be just that. Um, in reply, we lost wickets cheaply at the beginning of the innings with Tom Rofe, um, uh, Dan Pond and Ian Metcalf going cheaply. Um, myself and George rebuilt, um, putting on 40-odd. Um, George was 20, I got 27. Ed Owen came in at six and... Uh, Nearly won us a game. I think we finished 10 short in the end, but Ed got 27 and uh, Sarhill um, got 20 at the end as well. So uh, Sarhill's looking pretty pretty smart at the moment, isn't he? He bowled very well. It was uh, a very testing wicket. He was going, he was going uphill. Um, we won end of the track, which was completely sodden, and, and the top the top end was uh, popping around all over the place, and Sarhill managed to bowl very well on the length and, uh, and let the pitch do the work, really. So he bowled very well, and they batted very well at the end as well. And you were saying as well that uh, to me privately that uh, that um, Jake Wonky was 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 looking pretty 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 quick. Yeah, Jake bowled very well. Is uh, we, well, we actually thought we we put him down the hill um, onto the sodden track, but uh, it actually actually worked out better for him for his second spell when he came up the hill where it wasn't quite as wet, and uh, he bowled very well second spell. In fact, he um, they, they couldn't get they couldn't get near him. Wickets again didn't really reflect how well he bowled, but. Uh, you know, when you bowl, you know, but bowling at the pace he's bowling at, it's very difficult for third team for them to actually get near it. There was a very comical moment actually where one of their players came out to bat and required a runner after his first ball. Um, and then, uh, so which he, which he did, and I think he got about 40 odd, and you know, all carnage break, you know, is, is going on with the uh, with a runner, and then um, he opened the bowling, so it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> never, I've never heard of that before, brilliant! So the runner. The batsman asked for a runner, and then open the bowling. Brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. But again, it was uh, we, 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 it was a you know, shame to lose a game, but uh, you know the third team this year with some really good positive performances from the youngsters, and you know again, you know, okay, we didn't win, but everyone's had a bat, everyone's had a bowl, and it's been uh, 
It was fun and a great group of lads, really. Well, everybody got a bat because Tommy wasn't playing, presumably. Well, exactly. We, you know, we, I like to say we didn't miss him, um, but uh, yeah, we, we, I'm not sure he'd enjoyed back, back, batting on that track anyway. So I think he dodged a bullet by uh, hiding himself in the second team. Uh, and uh, and George did a great job captaining. Yeah, well. George did really well. He, he uh, um, took the ball by the horns. He uh, batted batted particularly well. Um, he, he was very very good with his use of bowlers and. Uh, you know, everyone that, that bowled bowled, everyone got <laughs> bat, bat really, and he, he did, did a good job, and ably assisted by his uh, his father by his side. So it was uh, it, it, it was nice. It was it was, it was a nice day. It was uh, I say shame about the result, and uh, um, I'm, well, I say I'm glad we have to go back there again this season. <laughs> but uh, I think you're home next week. At home next week, I believe. Excellent. Good. Well, we shall look forward to that. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Great. So, Tommy Evans, uh, you uh, you jumped ship this week. You went from the threes to the twos at home to Namwich. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Yeah, yeah. Um, called up uh, after Griffey injured himself out running on Friday. Um, I have always been a big advocate that running is not actually good for you, and this has just proven it. Um, yeah, so a late call up Friday, bit of a mess around with the teams. I came up, and then uh, yeah, Mo Farhan came into the thirds. But yeah, at home to Nantwich for the twos, which was a very short walk for you. A short walk, and also a very short game in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they didn't get too many. They batted first Nantwich, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, we won the toss. Dan decided for us to have a uh, have a bowl, um, mainly because Nantwich were top of the league. Um, they've been very strong. Um, yeah, so we had a bowl opened up with Wiggy and Noah, um, who just demolished the Nantwich batting. Um, Noah, in particular, I think he bowled eight overs, um, five wickets for eight runs. Um, it was just putting it in the spot exactly where it needed to be. Um, few iffy shots from a batsman but most of them were, were, were the bowlers outclassing the batsman rather than the batsman playing silly shots so yeah it was good and Wiggy once again bowled with real pace after he's come down from the first team um, yeah and he was too good for him as well and one of the notes I saw was that he was jacking it all over the place Noah from all accounts yeah he was it was moving about quite a bit there was a lot of batsmen who were I think one of them left it when it was outside off stump, and it jagged right back in and took Oof. out his off stump. So wow. yeah, it was uh, it, it it was it was it was impressive to watch. Yeah, but um, uh, but a very short game, as you say, forty nine all out, and then, then you guys batted. How did that go? Yeah, we did. Yeah, say forty nine all out. Um, Joe Maddox had also come up from the third team with myself. Um, he had been opening sort of as a favour in the third team because uh, he's, he's more of a middle order batsman. But but Dan gave him the option to open again. Um, he didn't, you know, Joe was given the option. Does he want to open? Does he want to bat middle order? But because it was such a low score, he decided to open. Uh, he fell quite early. Uh, but after that, Noah came in. And once again, Noah just ruled the roost with the batting as well. Um, and I think we knocked yes. the runs off in the 12th over, I think. I think Noah and Spavo ended up, we were only two wickets down. 13 yeah, on out he was in the end, uh, Noah. And he goes uh, goes off down south after that. He does, yeah, he does, yeah. So it was his farewell game uh, for this season anyway. But he's a he's a serious talent and I'm sure going to a to a cricket-orientated school down south will, will only progress him even further. Excellent. Uh, and for the twos, they uh, they stay third in the table. So uh, a couple of couple of games left. I think it's uh, Bowden away this week and uh, maybe Toft away the week after. 
Uh, yep. Maybe a little bit of experimentation. But Tommy, you might be, uh, presumably, you might be at Bowden next week or you might be at home to Alvany with the threes. Who knows? Well, you know, I always prefer a home fixture, Jim, so I'll try and get myself demoted again for this week. Hey, actually, talking, <laughs> talking of that, talking of that, there was a, there was a little rumour that went round that uh, you might have just sort of nipped home quite early uh, during the seconds game. Is that right? Yeah, sort of half time. I thought I thought I'm not going to need to bat here, so I took my uh, I took my kit home. Um, which is which is to be fair, is about like, ten yards away from 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 the ground. Yeah, it's it? not too far. I didn't I didn't get a taxi home, and I wasn't <laughs> going off in a huff. I was uh, I put my kit at home. Then Dan decided I was batting six. So when the uh, when the second wicket <laughs> fell, I had to go and quickly run and get my whites back on. But uh, yeah, wasn't required in the end. Good man. Okay, well uh, enjoy the uh, the training camp down in Aversok. I think it is you're at. Uh, I will do. Thank you. <laughs> not too much running, and we'll see you at the weekend. Wonderful. See you, Jimbo. Cheers. cheers so, great. Nicole Fisher, ladies' captain on the line, and uh, back to winning ways. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> at uh, at uh, Oxton. Yes, away at Oxton. So... Second game, one of the season, both against Oxton. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So tell us about the game then. I think uh, you batted first, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We won the toss and we had a bat first. Um, we've been working on our batting with Alex, technically, talking about positive batting. So thought we'd go in with that. Um, set a target of 79 and managed to get all of their batters out um, for 32 runs. Excellent. So a uh, win's a win, which which is which is great. It's at Oxton, exactly. which is a, a great place to play. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope they I hope <laughs> they brought the boundaries in because they're huge there. Well, we actually we actually played on the back pitch. Good. Um, Good. There was another game on the front pitch, but not a bad little size pitch, really. No, absolutely. Um, so tell us about the uh, the runs and the wickets there, uh, Nicole. Um, so Gemma Rose took three wickets for us. Um, Tilly Bus and Nandu took two each. Um, I believe Eliza took one, and I think there was a run out as well from uh, Gloves who were uh, stepped in a couple of days before for me, which was good. Um, um, should and then be a wicketkeeper, Ali... really, shouldn't she? Well, yeah, <laughs> but good old Di was behind the stumps for yeah. us. Di she's bouncing took, around took between nice the sides, catch. isn't she? Oh, did she? Good. Yeah, good, good, good. absolutely. No, she's very good behind the stumps and uh, she takes quite well to some of the pacey bowling that we have. Yes. Um, comes off the back quite nicely to her. But um, yeah, it was it was a good game. And then uh, Ali scored 45 of our runs, which was a great innings. Unfortunately, got run out. Um and me and her were in for about 12 overs. I was just holding up my other end. Only scored 13, but hey-ho, all about partnerships. Absolutely. And then a few runs here and there from a few of the other girls. She must be the top run scorer then so far this year, Ali, is she? I, I think she is, yeah. Um, if I mean, she might not be uh, in the league with uh, Evelyn Jones to compete with, yeah, but um, there's still time to catch up as Eve's gone to play for... Um, the stars so yeah yes of course yes She's got time time to catch up and, and look hey when we, we spoke a few, a few weeks ago and you were telling me about this this new side exciting side obviously a very young side have you yes. seen them progress over the next uh, the last few weeks yeah definitely i think it's it's always been a confidence thing and slowly but surely we're kind of growing as a bit more of a team uh, the girls are starting to bond and 
know how each other work a bit more we're starting to um, get a few partnerships not even just with the batting with bowling as well they work together bowling at either end from each other um, the fielding has massively improved over the last couple of weeks I think we've had four run outs all direct hits and catches seem to be sticking so we're obviously doing something right yeah, absolutely <laughs> Brilliant, uh, and it's not it's not the end of the season yet. You've still got a couple of games left for the Demons. No, two games left. Yeah, we're uh, away at Port Hill next week, um, and then the week after, we are playing Nantwich at home. Oh, great stuff! So, so you end up at home, which is always which is always good. Yes, which is always nice. And the seconds are playing on the same day, also at home. So it'll be a nice double header for the women's to. Oh yeah, and where, where, where's Miss Totty going to play in that case? Oh, you never know. She might, she might have a dabble in both games. <laughs> great yeah. stuff. Well, well done. It's great to see you back to winning ways. And uh, there's a, there's a great uh, team photo that we'll we'll, we'll see on the website uh, next time. So. Yeah, we went for a bit more of a modern selfie style team photo. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, all the best. It's a long trek, isn't it? Next week. Uh, yeah. Remind me good. where they are, Port Hill Park. Um, they're Newcastle under Lyme. Oh, yeah, that's it. So it is a bit of a trek, but uh, hopefully we'll bring home the win, so it'll be Absolutely. worth it. And they are without their star player. Yes, exactly. And Great we've stuff. we've actually got a bit of a special player coming in for ourselves, but we'll keep oh. that under wraps for now. Well, I've got an idea who that is, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Jim. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. So, Lee, uh, look, um, we sat here this time last week, um, struggling a little bit after uh, scratching our heads, I guess, after the, the Alton Park game when we were at bowled out for 54. This week we went to Nantwich and uh, we, we struggled with a batter game, really, didn't we? Yeah, it's it's been a really tough couple of weeks. And, you know, what one thing that has happened is, is that it seems like all the batters have lost form at the same time, Jim. Um, can't really put your finger on it, you know, where... Uh, Obviously, a, a really fabulous weekend a couple of weekends ago against Neston. You think, God, everything's going our way. You know, two fantastic T20 wins on a lovely day at Parkgate and then brushed them aside in the Cheshire Cup. And you're thinking, right, OK, we're on for uh, a very strong uh, half season here. Uh, and then, obviously, in the, in the last couple of weeks, all, all that good work at the start of the year has kind of capitulated. Um, and like I said, you know, batters finding ways to get out, not adapting to conditions. Um, and also as well, uh, we just don't seem to have any sort of settled order at the moment either. And I think when you're in these tough scenarios, you know, people have got to find a way and uh, of making runs, but also working as a partnership and learning to bat with people, build up that understanding that, you know, when it gets tough, that, that makes it a little bit easier. Because, I mean, it was, a, it was an interesting game to watch, the, the, the Nantwich game. It started late, didn't it? It was, uh, it was damp, like the week before. The, 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 the pitch was damped, uh, damp. You, you mentioned not adapting to conditions, which obviously had a, a, a big marker on it. Uh, what happened from the start, uh, Lee? We started an hour later. Um, we decided to bat. Chester decided to bat. A few eyebrows raised there. Yeah, look, always, always uh, one of those scenarios. I think it's probably a toss that Rick would have happily lost to see what, you know, what Ray did, uh, their captain. Uh, I think the week before, that you know, there was probably a feeling that batting first may have, on, on a wicket that wasn't going to get much better, may have been a better way for us to go and create that pressure. We'd seen the week before that Neston had gone to uh, Nantwich and 
done something similar, you know, managed to muster about 150 and uh, put them under some real pressure. They they don't look the same side batting wise since uh, losing the likes of Henry Dobson, Steve Steve Rimmer. You know, they don't have that depth there. Um, so I think Rick just felt that after speaking to a couple of the guys that, you know, in his gut that he, he felt more comfortable as setting a score. And do you know what, Jim? I think if the batters had applied themselves, even if we got 100, I think we would have won that game and it would have been proven to be the right thing to do. Oh, I'd, I'd go so far as talking to, to some of the people around the ground, some of the locals as well, that 90 would uh, may, may well have done it. Because in the end, of course, it was one person that did it. But but early on, Lee, I mean, it was, it was, it was quite amusing that um, I think it was... At, in the 18th over, or when the score eventually um, surpassed the number of overs bowled? Yeah, look, it, it was one of those wickets where uh, I think it, you, you, there's two different ways you can go about it. You can either grind it and hope that a bad ball comes. Always very dangerous against an attack like that, which is which probably is the, the best balanced uh, bowling attack in the, in the whole league. Arguably, you know, Jimmy and... Mitch Spencer, two fine opening bowlers, backed up by Phil Stockton, Ray Doyle, and Ollie Griffiths. James Patel didn't even get a bowl on Saturday. So they're, they're you know, they're a very handy bowling unit. Um, we, we obviously went about it in, in a way that we were going to try and set up a bit of a platform to hopefully it got a bit easier. It didn't get a great deal easier. Mm. And I think if you look at some of the strike rates, you know, all of them are pretty out, out of character. Um, you know, I know that when myself and Ollie were together, uh, at 15 for four, we, we kind of just said, you know, for turnovers, we were just going to try and grind it out. And for both of us who don't really have the ability to run a quick single gym, uh, it, it was kind of go against your instincts a little bit um, and, and hopefully set up a, a 10 over platform at the end, which maybe gave us four or five wickets to be able to add those 40, 50 runs and get us up to near 100. And it, um, no, no. It, it looked like that. that. That was the thing on the sideline. We, we thought that's what was happening because um, we weren't too far away from that in the end. And a 10-over dash would have got those 20 extra runs at least, you'd have thought. Yeah, look, and I think the thing was is that, you know, obviously uh, just when I was probably ready to kick on and, and play some shots, I, I managed to, to come to, you know, Ollie Griffiths' first ever ball that spun, which he took a great deal of joy off. Uh, I never want to see him do a celebration again either, but thanks for that, Griff. Um, and then, uh, you know, Ollie and uh, Tommy Wyatt just put a little partnership together. And the first time Ollie really opened his shoulders, he, he managed to have one just go through him, which for us was a, a massive blow because we know that even if Ollie just came off for a couple of overs, that would have put us nearer the score. Now, the thing is, we've then proceeded to lose five. We've lost five wickets for nine runs yeah. and we've been bowled out inside, you know, with three, four overs to spare. All, you know, it's cardinal sin, really. You know, it's just, you know, there's players there. They're not young players. There's players with experience down there. Jack Williams, Andy Metcalf, um, who, you know, I, like, like I said about my own performance, we're expecting those guys to just adapt a bit better to the situation and, and at least take us into the last couple of overs. And I think, you know, people say, well, obviously they've they've knocked it off in the second innings with four wickets left. But I think if they had to, I think, I honestly think if Ollie Griffiths looked at the board and was looking at 90 rather than 70 when they were 14 for five, I think he plays far more the Ollie Griffiths way, which is a little bit more cavalier. Uh, but, he, but, you know, fair play to him. Like I said, you know, 14 for five. George McCormack was absolutely sensational with the ball. You know, 
three for 25 off eight, just landed the ball in good areas. Harry Cullen, two for 22. So we're, you know, we're, we've put them under some really good pressure. Well, when, but, you, when you get those two openers out, uh, the two big batsmen, Ryan Brown and Luke Robinson out in the first over, I mean, you must have been over the moon. Yeah, look, as a side, I'll be honest, I think inside, I thought at 14 for five, uh, I actually ran down to the Speckies down the far end. That, you know, they're a good bunch of lads at Nantwich, you know, as a pantomime villain, uh, every time I go there, you know, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the uh, ironic cheer when I finally got off the mark on Saturday. And I did run down there and said, oh, still in this while Ollie's there. And they're like, no chance, you know, it's over. You know, your bowl was out for 20. And I was like, no, honestly, I think it's one of those wickets that if he gets in, he could cause the problem. Um, and I did say to them, I'm not happy about being smug, about being right on this occasion, because he came in and did a really a really good job at 37 off 38, very patient. What what Phil Stockton did at the other end for them was, you know, he played the game conditions. He only got one, but faced like three or four overs while Ollie was building that partnership. And then Jimmy Warrington came in at the end when the game was just getting away from us needing about 10-15 to win and managed to put a couple into the graveyard. So not like Jimmy to go all Roy of the Rovers. Uh, a few of their speckies singing along the old Jimmy Warrington song, which I get fed up of hearing when we go to Nantwich away. But it's a really funny relationship both the sides have got, Jim, because I think uh, the records at home for both sides are excellent and the records away for both sides are extremely poor. Yeah, it does, does seem like that, doesn't it? A bit of a graveyard, literally. Uh, uh, so look, um, Jack Jack uh, hurt his finger badly as well, didn't he? Um, how, how do you how do you pick yourself up to uh, to go off to Elworth the next day? Yeah, obviously Jacko went for a catch towards the end of the innings, managed to damage one of his spinning fingers, which obviously for a bowler, uh, if it was on his non-bowling hand or maybe you know not on his main spinning finger, then we may have been able to get round it. And when we turned up at Elworth the next day, it really would be probably the worst person we could have missed the game because it was a, a, a you know a bouncy spinning used wicket which I actually think Jacko it's one of those I've seen in many many on many occasions they're the kind of wickets where it's going up and down where he can just cause chaos on his own um Elworth batted first and they, they, you know they got to 107 uh, score at half time which I think anyone around would have thought that we were in the box seat, um, and when um, Warren went out to bat, Tommy Wyatt getting the opportunity at the top of the order, losing that early wicket of Tommy, um, obviously put us a little bit on the back foot. But um, there was we, we saw that quick running between the wickets between Warren and Al Money, and you're thinking, right, okay, you get something going here. Uncharacteristically, Warren, uh, there was a massive appeal for court behind, not given by the umpire, and then next ball cheaply pulling it out to deep mid wicket and it was kind of the uh, theme of a, a number of dismissals really very soft um hitting the ball in the air not adapting to conditions again um and you know it there was a point where it looked like we were going to be bowled out for less than the day before uh rick rode his luck at the start of his innings but him and uh, alex Townend started to put a partnership together and at one point i would have actually said we probably marginal favourites, needing about 20 to win with four or five overs in hand. The field was spread. Rick was batting well at this point. had a nice rhythm and Alex was playing his part as well, moving the ball around, running well. Um, then I'll hit one to mid-off. Uh, ran. It was a direct hit. Um, 
look, I I thought it was one of those where home crowds gone up with the fielders. Bit too much pressure for the umpire. Uh, he's given it. Um, I think anyone who was there would have said it would have been a world class decision if he thought it was out from the angle he was at. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's cricket, and and you move on and. Charlie went quickly and then it was obviously George McCormack goes out there. George will be the first to admit that, you know, not for the one to try in his batting is in his strongest suit, you know, uh, on both days over the weekend in the Nets trying to improve. But I think Rick felt when he saw George walk out there that he had to get it done and get it done quick. Um, managed to get a couple of quick boundaries, but then went for the slog sweep uh, off Mike Stewart, ex-Neston. Uh, off spinner and he was caught uh, onto the short boundary right on the fence and that was that and you know what I would say is I thought Elworth were excellent hosts obviously with all the COVID stuff it's hard to be this you know the level of hospitality that some of these clubs could show you know they were great you know um, worthy winners on the day uh, and looked like they had a, a really good time afterwards and the thing is is that it's all well and good us standing here patting ourselves on the back week in week out oh how fantastic we are and you know, having a great time in the tent afterwards and this, that and the other. Look, we've played some extremely poor cricket over the weekend and there's a number of players, me included, that can't be happy um, putting those sort of performances in. And ultimately, we've now got a very unusual feeling of going into the last two weeks of the season with absolutely nothing to play for. Yes, yeah, it, it is very strange. Um, you're being very honest, which is which is terrific. Um, a couple of, I guess he's, he's playing into insignificance now uh, against the main question. First, I was going to ask you about, um, you, you talked earlier on about changing the batting order. And of course, we opened with Tom Tom Wyatt, um, which you know, isn't, isn't daft. It's happened, happened in the past. Just wanted to, to understand the thinking behind that. And, and Rick was obviously tactically dropping himself down the order as the game went on. Game, what was the thinking about that? Yeah, I think obviously for Tom, I think for uh, Rick, it was an opportunity to give Tom the chance to get out there and make a build a proper innings. I think, you know, Tom has been one of these guys that obviously has a lot of potential with the bat. He's been away with the M- uh, MCCU. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, it's it shuts a short season. It's hard for Rick to juggle the batting order around to give out all these guys opportunities and to see if ultimately these guys are good enough to step up Moving forward, now it wasn't, you know, Tom's day on Sunday. You know, it was probably a really tough wicket to take that chance on. Um, I felt for him a little bit because obviously he's probably waited for that to come round. Um, Rick was at five, I was at six. Two spinners on, left arm spinner included. Lee Dixon of old two years ago would have, I would have backed myself to win that game in that in that middle overs, uh, or at least make them change their game, uh, but. Pretty much sums my, my my last couple of weeks up, really, finding a way to get out when I felt pretty comfortable, but just chewing balls up. Uh, but, you know, you look you look at that batting order, it's something we've desperately got to look at for next year. Not the personnel, but we've got to bed that order in. Uh, I don't think over the last couple of weeks we've benefited from, obviously, availability or unavailability. Um, obviously, we've got guys who are getting a bit older as a side, Jim, you know, myself included, family men who struggle maybe to get two games a weekend in and were kind of bringing players in, leaving players out, trying to, you know, all of different qualities um, and different sorts of players. Um, so players are jumping up and down the order. And I think 
for next year, we've just got to find a way, whether it's kind of just having set orders for set competitions or whatever. But I think we've got to find a way of just getting a little bit more consistency into it, bed it down and go back to what we always did at Chester, which was, you know, earning your opportunity to get up and down the order. And and also as well, just making sure that people can build those partnerships together. Sure. And, and Leela, the final question, you know, you know, the, 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 the criticism that always comes in these situations. Alton Park away, damp wicket 54, Nantwich away, damp wicket 70, Elworth away, difficult wicket, old used, whatever, uh, 93, failed to make a tonne, 217 for 30 overall. We're just a team of flat track bullies, aren't we? Yeah, uh, champagne cricketers, Jim. Uh, I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard it levelled out as before. I don't think that's changed a great deal over the eight or nine years we've uh, been uh, in in this kind of cycle of dominance. Um, what I would say is, is that, and it's something that um, several of us have spoken with the cricket committee over the last couple of days. I think it's something for us as a club to reflect on uh, about what we actually provide our members to practice on the nets are fabulous fantastic ground beautiful changing rooms beautiful clubhouse but we don't because of the amount of cricket and obviously this year with Lancashire and the England players being around um, we just don't get any opportunity at all to practice on the square um, or practice on wickets that are a bit wet so you know we go from Saturday to Saturday playing on these very flat nets everyone looks really good everyone's hitting the ball clean and they're putting an extreme amount of effort into practicing. But then when you turn up on a Saturday and it's nowhere near what you've been practicing on, you know, are we giving ourselves the best chance? And the answer is probably no. So that's something for us as a club. If we want to evolve and make sure that these, you know, scenarios don't happen as frequently as they have been, then we've got to make sure that we uh, access the facilities we've got and even if it's just using the side of the square, Jim, you know, cut a pitch, yep. roll a pitch off the side of the square, which is tough to bat on. Give the lads the chance to learn. Um, and also it's a it's a mentality shift as well. You know, when the sun's out at home, that's what I'm saying, you know, Nantwich at home, really good side. We've got a fantastic record. Neston, fantastic record. All these great sides from the comp over the years. We just brush them aside at home. We go away, it's a bit wet, and all of a sudden... We're a completely different side. We've got to have that positive attitude. We've got to find a way as a group. Um, but we've also got to understand that we are an evolving team. You know, yesterday, the oldest bowler on show was Al Money at 24. You know, going back four or five years ago, it was, you know, the likes of Keggy, an overseas player, maybe Will Owen, um, Fishy, you know, these sort of guys, you know, even like someone like Ross, who's obviously that little bit older. It's a really tough situation for us to be in. And, for, you know, these younger lads are learning all the time. Like I've touched on George McCormack last couple of weeks, probably one of the hardest working cricketers I've ever come across. He's coming on all the time. Great to see Alex Townsend come back in from the seconds at the week. Uh, you know, probably disappointed being dropped to the twos on the Saturday, came back in, bowled well. Um, but, you know, it. we've got this rook of spinners. Obviously, young Matty's done very well this year, young Charlie, uh, Harry and Jack. But we're going to have to find a way of more and more teams are going to put us on these sort of wickets away from home. And why wouldn't you? And we've got to find a way of of putting that to bed, really, so people can't just, you know, prepare a wet one and know that we're going to struggle a bit. 
And we should say that Elworth game as well. Some good performances in there, weren't they? You know, Tommy, Tommy kept well behind the stumps. You've got Matty, Matty Jones who grabbed four uh, and so on. So it's not, it's not all doom and gloom, as you say. What, what happens yeah. there? Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matty obviously bowled really well. Um, and, and Charlie. So, you know, all the spinners bowled well. But on that sort of wicket, you, you know, it was a spinner's wicket. And if the spinners bowled well, they were going to take wickets. And they certainly did that. Um, what... Elworth did well was they kept the field up probably a little bit longer than we did. We went into kind of a standard one-day formation thinking that really, you know, we shouldn't be getting bowled out for 100 anyway. The amount of weak shots that we're giving out, we weren't necessarily bowled out. So, yeah, some positives there, but we're going to have to dust ourselves down and make the most of these last two weeks. What happens those next two weeks, Lee? So it's two home games, which is the good news. Uh, Oxton Saturday followed by Widnes for the last game. Um, the answer is I, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> uh, you know, I, th- I think you know everyone will have their own view. You know, do we try and blood some players? But what I'd say is is that we've been blooding players pr- pretty much all year. Um, I think it's it's an opportunity to see obviously what we've got within the squad, um, and and also as well just try and have some fun. Except what it is, you know, no one thought we were going to be playing any cricket back in April and May. It's two opportunities to get out there at home on a really good wicket in front of all our family and friends and enjoy playing the game that we all love. And, and remember that B&Q is literally just two weeks away. And when we're dragging some, you know, fence panel around there two weeks on Saturday, it's not all that bad. <laughs> well done, sir. Thank you. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The Full Toss. What's on at Chester Bolton Hall? Right, so busy times as per ever here at uh, Chester Bolton Hall. This Friday night, it's the last call for juniors as we have our final training session of the year. Bars open, food's available, of course. Come down and join in the fun. Saturday, we've got the first and the thirds at home. Plus, on big TV screens, we have England's away match with Iceland from five o'clock. That's football, by the way, and not cricket. Uh, bear with us, because for social distancing reasons, obviously, we're going to have to work that one out. But we're thinking at the moment that uh, that may well be be shown upstairs with cricket downstairs if you see what I mean. Sunday has the under 19s at home in their last game of the season and on Friday the 11th early warning for you Lancashire are here again Lancashire 2's here playing a T20 against our first team. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Okay, Lee, so uh, Lancashire um, last Thursday, uh, the rain won at the end of the day, but uh, I think you look like you uh, you and the boys enjoyed a, a day at home to Lancashire, a 40-over game. Yeah, look, I think it was a, a really good opportunity for both sides. Obviously, Lanx 2s, uh, young Lanx 2s have been training at the club while their first team's been away. Um, and for them, you know, instead of a training day, you know, there was this game set up, which is fantastic testament to us as a club, though, that we got our full first team out on a Thursday, a work day for most. Um, and it, it had the, the makings of a really decent day. You know, the, the wicket had a little bit of juice in it, a bit of overhead conditions certainly helping. Um, but we, 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 I think we were about 45 to three when the rain finally uh, finished the day off. Um, but, you know, what I would say is, is that, it's, you know, any opportunity to play against a, a side with some of the quality players that, they had in it is is great for us. It's great for some of the younger lads as well, just to see what level some lads the same age as them potentially are at. 
but also as well, it was a nice team building afternoon, evening. Uh, a number of them came out and uh, ran with me about 10 o'clock after a few pints, which I really did appreciate. But ultimately, uh, the weather ruined the day. But a second crack around the corner. <laughs> and, the, and there is, yeah, obviously, uh, not to be defeated by the weather. I think the idea now is that we're going to take them on in a T20 match uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, have you got the date there, Jim? It's the 11th, Friday the 11th, 2 o'clock, I understand. It's good. Uh, so that, that's it, you know, for a lot of people, it's an early dart from work, either catch the whole game or even the second innings. But I think it'd be a fantastic affair. And, and also as well, I think it's something that we, maybe we can look at over the next two weeks instead of playing longer form games, which is something we definitely prefer as a side. Why, you know, why not play two lots of T20s against Witness and Oxton, give as many people the opportunity to take part in games and, and do their bit. And also as well, if it means that we get a little bit of practice going into that Lancashire game, then it, it's, a, it's a really good opportunity. Interesting thoughts. Thank you, Lee, as ever. Okay, Lee. So look, we did this. We did this way back. I think it was the first one we did. A um, I can't remember. We did a a, a select eleven, didn't we? Um, dogs, wasn't it? It was based around dogs. Dog, that was dogs. It. That was it. So I think he, a few of the lads thought you were barking, though, Jim. So I was surprised <laughs> that this this segment came back. Well, I think this time around they probably think I'm drunk then, because here you are, you're, you're the uh, you're the team manager. So I'm going to throw this lot at you, okay? In our beer and drinkers eleven. Okay. Nice. Captain, I think, has got to be Alex Kegg. Um, solid, solid start. Solid start. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt Brain is in there, of course, because Brain's beer is just down the road, I believe. <laughs> if he's at two, Jim, I'm looking forward to what's coming at 11. Oh, oh you're not good, I'm afraid. Um, uh, but you need a vet in there, of course, don't you? So I think, I think Jim Gilson has to fill in, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you balance that, though, Lee, with a, uh, with, with a, with a Brandy Metcalf. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'll tell you what's missing as well. There's a, there's a couple of fine ladies who should be on that side as well. So let's include Nicole Kingfisher. Right. And Di Totti. Totti, yeah, oh, anyway, moving on. Uh, there's a big claim. There's a big claim from another vet, which is Martin Huber. Sorry, Martini Huber. Martini Huber. Uh, and not forgetting his wife, actually, who's, uh, she can score. That's Claret Hughes. Huber, Huber. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, um, I, I, I can't. I can't yeah. I'm, I'm, str I'm struggling to keep up, if I'm honest. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Um, Alex Barr from the over 40s. Can he get yeah, in? Alex yeah, Barr, Alex Barr. That's a good one. I'll yeah, take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack Daniel McGovern. Do you like that one? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, your old mate from a few years ago now, uh, Christian Champagne. Yeah? Yeah, Christian, what, what a great lad he was. And to be fair, Champagne's very uh, yeah. apt for him. <laughs> And there's one missing. You need a bowler, don't you? So what about Ben Harvey's Bristol Cream? <laughs> well, Jim, I, I think that, that that's, what, 12 weeks in the making since the last one. And I look forward to see what maybe you can come up with next time. I tell you, it's just as well the season's finishing soon, isn't it, mate? I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, moving on. Shall we, do the, um, shall we do the important stuff now? Yeah, let's crack on. The Chester Borton Hall Player of the Week. Sponsored by Changing Home, Chester's premier independent estate agent. Okay, uh, Lee, the um, Changing Home Champagne Player of the Weekend. Yeah, 
Um, look, on a, a weekend where obviously it was all doom and gloom with the ones, it was a very, very uh, convincing victory for the twos against our foes from Nantwich. Uh, there really was one shining light in the day, and that was Noah Vickery picking up his maiden five-wicket haul for the second team uh, and then going out there, opening the batting in his final game before he goes off to Wellington School um, as a new boarder there with 30 not out. So Noah Vickery was the uh, champagne changing home player of the week. Um, and we wish him all the best, Jim, because it, it really is going to be an exciting proposition for him. Uh, and there's been a good bit of banter flying around for Noah as well. <laughs> Absolutely. All the best, Noah. And uh, thank you, Lee, as per ever. Go dust yourself down. Uh, have a little have a little swig or something and uh, we'll catch you next time well I'll be uh, talking into the drinks 11 gym so if we get to number 5 I'll be doing a lot better than I do on a Saturday <laughs> brilliant ok mate see you later cheers and that will do us for another edition of the Full Toss podcast uh, many thanks to all our contributors this time round who were Tommy Evans Simon Law Nicole Fisher and as ever Lee Dixon Okay, interesting times, we know that. A couple of weeks to go. Uh, and don't forget, it'll be Christmas soon before you know it. Anyway, look, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time round on the Full Toss Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>